you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to this week's episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I'm here with Laura Taylor. She is the founder of Mingle Mocktails, uh, an entrepreneur at heart. She's always led a very active life. She grew up in San Diego, since has a family and a career, um, now living in Philadelphia. She's a mom of two teens, two dogs, and she's been married for over 25 years. Um, prior to me starting recording, we were just talking about her uh, teenager was pulling out of the driveway and she was like, cringing at it and I think it's so funny like even my four-year-old when I like see her you know you have to like let them do things and let them figure it out and I can just only imagine seeing my daughter like pull out of the driveway um driving and that would just give me all the nerves <laughs> yeah it's part of uh they say little kids little problems big kids big problems so you know I've just learned to just kind of let it go and, and just observe <laughs> and keep the cringing to myself and, um, you know, take it from there. So yeah. what can you do? Right. I love it. Um, okay. Laura, give us a little bit of your background. I would love to hear, um, where you were, where you're at now, how mingle mocktails came, became an idea for you. Um, I know that you were in corporate before, right. And then, sort of were decided you were going to stop drinking and then we're still attending corporate events, conferences, holiday parties, all the things with like seltzer in hand. So um, I would just love to hear a little bit more about your story. I know my listeners would as well. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as you said, Nikki, I, I do and did have a very thriving career as, as well as, you know, very active socially and as a mother and a wife. But I've always been very focused on um, building and excelling at my career. Um, that was something that was always important to me. So I worked really hard and always do. Um, I think any entrepreneur out there does. But um, before I applied my, my focus on building my career in corporate and business consulting and software sales, and as part of that job, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself and I performed at a higher level. There was global travel. I was running a team. There were a lot of business dinners and cocktail receptions and trade shows and all that. And um, I was drinking because, you know, everybody was doing it, but I found that I was drinking too much and using it as a way to cope with stress and to celebrate and to kind of like numb out when I just felt really overwhelmed. Um, and so I knew I had to quit drinking. So I gave up alcohol about a little over six years ago. And um, it was out of my own observation that, you know, this isn't going anywhere good. And I'm not being my best self and my career and all those things I mentioned, my family and, 
and my friends, they're all so important to me and that wasn't really helping. So when I did quit, it was really, really difficult. Um, I think anybody who gives up something that they, they've formed a habit around, whether it's chocolate or, you know, I'm a big fan of candy corns over the, over the Halloween timeframe, it's just hard. So, um, when I did quit, I found it most difficult when I was in those social situations. And you mentioned um, the corporate events. I think that's an obvious place where I felt uncomfortable because I had uh, turned to those couple glasses of wine as, as like uh, holding my purse on my shoulder. You know, it was just, you have the glass in the hand and the people I was working with, we were accustomed to having a few drinks and, you know, all that. So when I, I stopped drinking, I got that like clear glass of seltzer with ice, with a clunky straw, which announced uh, Laura's not drinking. And, you know, if I were like totally on fire going, this is amazing, I'd be totally down with it. But I was still trying to just kind of make that transition and uh, really you know, get comfortable with not drinking. And it made it super difficult because even though people were, you know, very kind and, and, and people are good people, there were comments like, where's your drink? Hey, Laura, let me get you a drink. And are you on the wagon? Why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking? And those comments just really put me on high alert and made me feel more uncomfortable. So that's the work situation on the social side. Anybody who lives in a, a fun neighborhood knows that there's probably a lot of happy hours and Friday nights and girls nights and all those things. So I'm no different. And when I did quit drinking, um, you know, I found similarly that uh, I was stuck with seltzer and I found myself even bringing diet ginger ale to parties because I wanted to have something and just know that it was a little better than seltzer. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what really there were a few key uh, moments and milestones which led me to mingle. And that was, I was committed to, to not drinking. And so um, I was looking for ways to, to kind of honor that choice. And when I was at a Super Bowl party up the street, I found that when I was sitting around the table with my girlfriends, I had finished almost a two liter bottle of seltzer over the course of the evening because I was really the only one drinking it. Mm -hmm. And I came home going, there's gotta be something better. Mm -hmm. So I looked online and um, found a lot of information around mocktails. And this is about, I'd say four and a half years ago. And um, there was one brand out there, like a, a mocktail. So I ordered it. And then, you know, I think the next day, one of my friends invited me on a girls weekend. Uh, at a cabin with like six or seven other girls. So I knew there'd be drinking. So I decided since I had that mocktail mindset, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to make something and bring it with me. And um, I hadn't received the product I ordered yet. So I made what is now the Cranberry Cosmo. So I went to Whole Foods with my daughter who just pulled out of the driveway. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a big fan of juicing. So I got all these different ingredients, um, fresh fruits, some things like lavender extract and just different things to throw together. And what I ended up combining was like uh, lime juice, orange juice, cranberry juice, um, and a few other things, which created this really bright, crisp Cosmo. So I put in the one liter plastic bottle. I went on the weekend trip. Sure enough, at about four o'clock, the 
corks started popping. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I kind of walked over to the kitchen, poured myself this, this mocktail in a wine glass and it had a pretty pink color. And I sat down with the ladies and that's where I had this really special feeling like this, the swarm glow inside. And I was like, this is awesome. And of course I took a moment to go, what, what's, what's different. And it was that feeling of social connection that we Mm. so crave in any situation where we just want to feel part of. And it was at that moment where I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, leaving that weekend, I came home with the thought that I'm not the only person that's going through this. Mm-hmm. So as somebody who's very data driven, I went online to look at the percentage of people that were not drinking and came across three key points of data. The health and wellness movement was in full swing. You know, the whole yoga thing and boutique studios were starting to pop online. Um there was this surge of better for you beverages like kombucha and coconut water. And then lastly, at the time, 30% of Americans didn't drink. So when I looked at what was available, I knew there wasn't anything out there. And that was the moment where I'm like, I think there's something here. So just to wrap that up, I received that product that I mentioned I ordered And I thought, well, this is it. You know, this is the solution. I'll start buying these when I go to places. And when I tried it, it tasted like a juice box, like an ocean spray juice box I used to buy my kids. And I'm like, heck to the no, like I deserve better than this. And so I found myself building a business plan and conceptualizing what this would look like. And I would equate it to, I had a, a, I created like an inspiration board based on a friend telling me to do that. And I was inspired by, like the uh, branding of skinny girl, Mm -hmm. because it's a confident woman. She's smart. She's sassy. She's she's got attitude. Now the the skinny girl cocktails are are with alcohol, but I was looking for that same vibe Mm -hmm. in an alcohol free space. And that's, that's kind of what, what kicked this whole thing off. That's amazing. I am, I'm resonating with so much of your story because I have actually just, I never have ever had a problem with alcohol. I just never liked drinking. So even since I was in college and everyone was drinking, I was always like finding ways to avoid it, which was really awkward in the college scene because everyone was drinking. And so for someone like, you know, who's not even like 21 yet to art, to be like, avoiding it and then to turn 21 and like, oh, I don't even want to go out on my 21st birthday because everyone's going to be wanting to buy me shots and drinking and I'm not going to want to drink. And now like I'm going to be 34 on Tuesday and I still don't drink like that at all. I mean, I'll have a glass of wine here and there, but I will choose a mocktail over a glass of wine any day. And my husband always you know, he's always like, you just balance us out. And I'm always like, I'm always the designated driver. And I'm now it's like, you know, however much money I spent on therapy, unpacking why I've like avoided drinking and, and also couldn't really just own it where now I'm like, everyone knows, like, I'm like the non-drinker. And, um, 
you know, it's just interesting. And then being pregnant and not drinking. And then, you know, when you're at that age where you are, get, you, you're married and you're having kids and it's like, if you're not drinking, are you pregnant? And then I'm getting asked all the time if I'm pregnant. And it's just interesting to even hear from your perspective. I've never really been in corporate, but I would imagine going to the parties and having to deal with it there is really similar to like, when I was, you know, in college and having to answer the question then and, um, and it always kind of being like this thing that's now been like a decade long, you know, figuring out how to do it in a way that like does feel good. And, and like you said, I think there's a part of it of what I think of, um, like a freedom or like, yeah, like a freedom to just own the decision, whatever yeah. your reasoning is, whether you had a problem or you just don't like it, or you don't like being hung over. Like for me, I'm like, oh, I love mornings. And I like, I do too. like, I like feeling good and I'm, and I work out and I like to work and I don't like feeling like shit doing that. So to me, I'm like, I like feeling better, good more than I like being drunk. And so that's my like reasoning why. Um, but, you know, just to get to a space of feeling like some like power in that decision, I think feels really good. And to be able to bring that into the story and the brand of Mingle Mocktails is, is like, who doesn't want to be a part of that? Who's in the space, you know? Yeah, I, 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 um, I had to go through my own, um, journey of, uh, as you said, owning this lifestyle. And if you looked at the first bottles I introduced on the market, they are very quiet and the label is white with some simple, bold jewel tone color colors, but more of a subtle vibe. And I remember talking to the designer, I'm like, I had all these different mock-ups that I would create because I'm trying to visualize what this is, but really it's like, what, what outfit are you going to wear that night? How do you want to feel? Are you going to look, you know, sexy? Are you going to look preppy? Are you going to look sporty? And so I was having to basically put an identity on what this brand is. And what you will see is probably the journey of three, I'd say three specific um, again, milestones as to my growth and the growth of the brand. When I first launched it, it was very quiet. I wanted it to look like wine, but like clean and appealing, but like wine. So it was a little confusing. Mm -hmm. um, then I worked with a, a guy in the spirits industry who had successfully sold off a liquor brand to a major player. And he's like, Laura, I see what you're doing here. This product makes sense, but it doesn't look fun. Like, I don't understand it. He's like, you're going to need to, I would recommend updating your packaging and make it different. So I actually worked with him and I'll, the things that we came to, which I love was he's like, we want it to look fun. We want people to want it. And they don't really know if it has alcohol, but that's secondary to this looks fun. And then the mm. other thing he said, which really I, I love staying true to is he's like, I want it, I would recommend we make it like a little black dress that you can dress up or down. So it's for any occasion. And so, you know, those are some things. So the next iteration of the brand, we went with this bubble pattern on the bottle label, and then we added the matching caps. So it looks fun. And now with the launch of the cans, what I really am enjoying is because people are so much more 
open and even supportive of this movement of sober curious and just being more open and accepting just as we are of um, various food allergies that um, the, the cans and now the bottles will, will have a more like playful and confident vibe where it's just like, yeah, it's mingle, you know? And um, on every can and bottle, I give a uh, recipe for a mocktail and a cocktail to reinforce the social connection because one piece of feedback I got in those early days where I was doing samplings on the weekend at a local gourmet grocer is people are like, well, I want to mix it. You know, what if, you know, which one goes with vodka? And um, I had to like process that as, as a, now a business person to say, why would I exclude people like my husband and my very good girlfriends who drink when I don't want to like create this new barrier where I have mingle, you have wine and that's it. So I, I, I saw that friends were mixing it. And so now I'm like, you know, it's mix and mingle. And that was what the spirit of the brand was about with social connection. So what I really am enjoying is um, I have a unique point of view because I'm sober. So I support that mindset holistically, but I also want to ensure that people know that it's all about um, social connection. So from that can or bottle, people can mix it or not at a party mm -hmm. and stay true to their own personal decision. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. honors that voice. I love that. So the cans are new. Are the cans drinkable on their own or should those also be mixed with something else? Yeah, they are all, the bottles in the cans are all ready to drink. Um, I know there are some pretty high-end expensive non-alcoholic spirits out there. Um, you know, they're like 30, 40, $45. And what I made Mingle to be like is a very accessible, very easy beverage that you can dress up if you'd like. And I'm not a cook, but I love that. Like just last night, I poured the Moscow Mule in a wine glass, mm. just neat. It was chill because I'm like, I've had a long day. You know, the old Laura would have four glasses of Pinot Grigio or something. I'm just saying. So instead I had a couple glasses of Moscow Mule and it satisfies that crisp elevated vibe without the alcohol. So People can add garnishes, they could add spirits if they want a cocktail, but you can also just have it out of the can if you're at the beach and people have their white claws and you're mm. like, I want to like participate without participating with booze. Yeah. You know, and I don't well. just want like a ginger ale can. So yeah. 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 Exactly. Cause that's always a thing too. You're like, all right, who's, you know, you're busting out. You're just like ginger ale can. So I totally understand. What do you think has been, um, your biggest struggle in starting this business and, and the mingle brand? Um, I think right now it's managing, uh, the, the financial aspect of building a very, uh, capital intensive business. Mm. Um, I remember when I first launched this brand or first exploring what it takes to launch a beverage company, people said, it's very expensive. You have to have FU money, you know? And I was just like, well, I'm, I'm going to be different. So I stand here today over three years ahead. And I would say that I am looking, the thing I'm challenged with is making sure I have enough capital to fuel growth and invest that capital in the right areas because I don't have a celebrity endorser. I don't have, 
you know, an athlete who's drinking minkle on the sidelines or somebody like Carrie Underwood on stage, you know, sipping, which I'd love. So I have to place my bets smartly um, to invest in areas that support brand growth without, mm-hmm. but I don't have deep pockets. So yeah. just, just funding the business, I'm seeking investment and, um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly looking at where I'm spending my dollars to make sure I'm investing to grow in the right way. Yeah. I love this. I have, um, as a side note, a couple contacts, networking contacts that I, I will connect you with after this episode too, that's help support women, um, who are looking for investments and stuff. So I'll share those with you. Um, what do you think has been your greatest accomplishment so far with, uh, the brand? Well, from a personal standpoint, I I just love the consistent positive reinforcement that the product is solid and that the branding is on point with, Mm. and I, I I celebrate the release of the cans as like nailing it um, in terms of, I feel like it's a perfect representation of that confident, vibrant individual who chooses not to drink for a night or as a lifestyle choice. And so my biggest accomplishment I think is uh, creating a product that has hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd love to say that I've crossed you know, $10 million in sales. I'd love to have that to tout. But the other thing is seeing successful growth in retailers like Whole Foods and Wegmans. And just yesterday, uh, I've been asked by two, one retail chain like a Whole Foods and one major national distributor where they've tapped me to, they've asked for my perspective on how a retailer should reorganize their store to cater to this segment. Mm -hmm. So just yesterday, I was so inspired again, much like I was, you know, creating that business plan where I'm like, I know how this should be done because I am the, I am the consumer. So um, I'm very proud of the fact that I have established a great experience, which I think I can apply to at the industry in a unique way. Mm-hmm. But my hope is that people will listen and that um, I can have the influence at a top-down level instead of just being a small brand. Yeah. So that's just something that happened just yesterday and a couple of weeks ago that really inspired me to go, I know I'm on the right track. This segment is evolving and I can help retailers better organize their stores to support sales growth and delight customers so that when they're shopping, they're like, oh my gosh, this is great. I've heard of Mingle or I'm grabbing wine for a party and I know Susie doesn't drink, so I'll grab Mingle. Like that's the experience I'm going for. And I I feel like I can see that happening. Yeah. I love this so much. It's so, you know, there's such a you have such a step ahead when you put the brand first before just the product, even the product itself. Um, and to think about customer experience and, and what that customer journey will look like, even in the retail space, right? Like, yes, in your own, in, in their own experience that they're going to have 
with the product itself, right? But even secondary to what they will have the experience with the product is their experience of the brand and how that shows up in these retail locations, which by the way, I had, when you said Wegmans, I was like, oh, I grew up in New Jersey, but I live in Florida and gosh, I miss Wegmans so much. There was one right where I lived. Um, and it just reminded me of like how wonderful that, uh, that restaurant, I mean, that uh, grocery is. Yeah, that is a great, it's a great chain. And, and so I'm proud deal. that we've been able to establish a strong foothold. I was just updating, I was kind of inventorying our store locator and we have grown in Florida. So they're right now, they're independents and naturals, but we're in a lot of, I think we're in like, uh, I want to say like around 1800 stores nationally and we're just getting started. So I have a lot of work to do, but um, That's we will be updating that or locator over the coming, uh, I, I hope by Monday, I'll have the latest and greatest up there so that when you search your zip code, you'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, I saw we're in like four locations in Hawaii now, which was a nice surprise. That's so, wonderful. Yeah. I love yeah. this. Um, okay. So what is your favorite product? Um, each one has its own personality. I would say that I, I feel a kinship with the Cranberry Cosmo because it was the one that kicked it all off. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the five flavors, the Blackberry Hibiscus Bellini just is like the all around fan favorite. It's it. They're all great. Um, I love the Cucumber Melon Mojito because I used to drink a lot in the Bahamas on family vacations. And yeah. then I went to Virgin Mojitos and they were really sugary. And so this was inspired out of that island vibe experience. And I, I, I love, cause it, it, emotionally brings me back to those places. So I, I feel strongly about that one. The blood orange elderflower mimosa, I love because that was my own creation of taking two on trend flavors and bring mm. it together. And lastly, the Moscow mule specials, because I developed that with my husband and with him in mind to say, I want you to mingle too. I don't want these to be all like chick drinks. Um, right. You know, I want them to apply to everyone. So we had fun with that one too. I love it. And I love all of the story behind each of these. So we will um, link up inside of the show notes, all uh, the places where um, they can come to your website, find the store locator and find um, products. Is there any last things that you would like to share um, with listeners about creating a brand, creating a product um, and sort of your big, your big lesson around that? Um. I think one thing I'm really tackling every day on the daily is knowing that I don't have all the answers, but I can mm. still figure it out. Mm. Um, so it served me really well um, when I first got started, but I was I had to I had to learn how to just accept the fact that I don't know everything and that's okay. So what I would share with entrepreneurs out there is we all have to agree that we are taking risks every day and that's the journey of an entrepreneur and we're doing it and we're having success just by accomplishing how to create a website or you know how to get on Amazon or how to design a label. Um, so what I would share with people is um, a tool I've used is to just try and take those big, scary obstacles that I constantly put in front of myself and chop them down into bite-sized pizzas. Yeah. I have to do it every morning and many times throughout the day because it can be daunting, but the, the better you can learn to do that and get comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling, 
I think um, you'll be a better person. And I love spending time with people who do that because I will take that energy and apply it myself. Yeah. There's nothing better than like surrounding yourself with other women and just other entrepreneurs who are also like in the trenches. I also, I always find that like those things that we push off or feel like these giant mountain to, mountains to climb often take like 20 minutes sometimes. And you're like, I've yeah. been putting this thing off for months and it yeah. just got done. So like true. <laughs> yeah. So true. I was working on one this morning. It's all about financials. I'm like, I hate this. I'm like, it's like a final in college that you wait till the last minute to like physics. I hated yeah. physics. So I put it off to the last minute and I'd have to really dig deep. So I'm trying to do a better job of just saying, it's just numbers. You got this, like, yeah. you know how to do this. So um, I, I, I would just share that with people because uh, otherwise you're going to be frozen by fear and stop. And that's, mm -hmm. we can't do that. That's, we're not allowed to do that. We got to keep we on pushing <laughs> we're, we're not allowed to do that. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being here. Um, like I said, we will link up all the different ways where our listeners can find out more about Mingle, um, find out where to get it and uh, locally by them. And um, thank you for sharing all of your insight into your story. And I can't wait to see how you uh, change the industry in the coming years and for your own business and that, and that segment of the market and also for these retailers as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity, Nikki. You're welcome. Bye-bye.